What's going on, people? It's your boy Kalechi back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing? I hope y'all are doing good. I hope y'all are having a pretty good day. I hope things are going really, really great for y'all. I hope things are going on the up and up, on the upward trajectory for y'all. But we're just going to jump right into it today. I got a few things I want to talk about today. I want to talk about one of my holdings that just cut their dividends. Shell just announced that they're going to be cutting their dividends for the first time in since World War II. That's a really long time, but they decided they're going to cut their dividend. And what I think about it, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. I'm also going to show y'all how I created a dividend tracking Excel spreadsheet just to give myself an idea of how much money I should be getting paid out by different companies throughout the year in different areas. So. We're going to be talking about both of those things, but the main thing we're going to be focusing on today is first of all, let's just get into my portfolio and give you guys a quick portfolio update on some of the things that I've been doing in my portfolio. As you can see, I'm still gaining a little bit. I've had a decent return of the amount of money that I've actually put in. I've put in 280 bucks and I've gotten five bucks back and uh, it's my overall, it's been good. It looks for the most part, everything looks good on the companies that I've held and I'm holding. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But the moves that I made this week, for the most part, is I'm, like I said last week, I'm trying to limit my exposure just to companies that I actually understand what is going on rather than just holding companies that I believe everyone just talks about. Oh, these are good companies. This is good companies. But actually companies and some of the things that I've been talking about about actually researching the companies that you own and those kind of things especially when it comes to buying single stocks rather than what i do on uh, Robinhood, which is basically where i own etfs which is different so for the most part i've been trying to minimize and limit my exposures to specific companies that i act that in my peripheries that i actually use or i actually know how the company operates like i understand how they spend their money i understand the holdings that they have i understand the way that their net income is coming in how they're making money those kind of things so that's some of the things that i've been doing so i sold out of nrz um even though they paid pretty good dividends i sold out of nrz and i also sold out of ibm these are two companies that i truly to be honest, I don't know a whole lot. I know IBM a little bit more about IBM because I'm a tech head, so I know a lot more about tech companies. But however, I don't think IBM in the long in the long term is a company that I want to hold. So I sold out of IBM and I dove into Microsoft and Apple and NRZ. I just went straight into Realty Income Corp. And I understand more of the structure of the the the, the leases the leases. Well, the people that own that Realty Income Corp properties that lease out Realty Income Corp's properties. So I sold out of NRZ. I went, put all that money into uh, Realty Income Corp because I just know their structure a little bit better, type of properties that they own and those kind of things. And then again, like I said, every two weeks, I'm going to be depositing $40 into this account. And so that $40 came in and I focused most of my energy on the um consumer area so i put a lot of more money into the consumer area because i feel like that's where a lot of opportunities are available because a lot of those companies are really cheap right now a lot of tech companies are still doing really well are doing very very well because tech didn't really slow down much 
a lot of earnings just got announced and tech didn't really get hit that bad actually they did a lot better especially the companies that i own in tech which is uh let's go back to my portfolio the technology companies that i own which is apple and microsoft apple did decent they didn't do great they kind of just kind of flatlined because not a whole lot of people were buying new iphones or anything like that so they kind of flatlined but also apple is doing a trajectory change where they're starting to focus more on software more than hardware so uh but so you had that but microsoft did really really great even with this whole pandemic going on so that's why i'm switching gears a little bit to start focusing on industries where things are going to be cheaper where things are going to be more cost effective my dollar is going to go further because one of the most important things you have to do is you can't just dive into companies and just buy companies because oh it's a good company you got to know what is a good price for you one of the most important things just like when you go buy a meal or when you go go shopping for a new bag or for a new hat or whatever one of the things you always look at is what is that price and it's the same thing with the stock market when you're investing is you have to for yourself you have to determine is this a good price for me to buy is this too expensive or is this a very good price for me and so some companies that i'm looking at and i'm thinking this is a great price that i'm looking at to buy right now would be disney coca-cola costco well costco is still way up there so i'm slowly i'm doing the dollar cost averaging for costco and walmart these two are more are going to be very heavy dollar cost averaging so i see both the ex, so i see both the really expensive and really cheap and so that way it can average out to me not buying down much for those but disney and coca-cola are two of the companies within the consumer segment that i'm focusing on buying a good share and a good amount of the other one that i'm looking at uh investing more in is utilities main basically because utilities are staples like they're stapled in our society everywhere they're always going to be around at least in my lifetime i believe they're going to be around for the long term and also it's an industry that i i do work in this industry so i know a lot about what's happening in the utilities industry and the moves that they're making to ensure that they continue to serve people and do what they need to do to make sure that they're meeting the needs so i know how the structure works so i kind of have an understanding more baseline understanding on what businesses to to put my money to so that's another one that i did a lot of we'll go back to my activities page and i did a seven buys it was next next terra which i believe is a really good one uh southern company and duke i did a lot of buying for those companies and of course as we just talked about i did some buying of costco did some buying for uh walmart did some buying for disney and of course coca-cola these companies i just believe that right now things may seem tough which is why i think it's a good time to buy them cheap for dollar cost averaging purposes so that later on i can see more of those growths so that's the moves that i'm making as far as my uh m1 finance inve uh, investment por uh, portfolio is going those are the moves that i'm thinking about making or not just thinking about making but actively pursuing and making i also changed my balance out of the way that my portfolio is balanced out as you can see tech is always going to be the biggest thing because i read a lot about tech i know about more about tech than i do anything else so i would really that would be a major segment that i invest a lot into and of course consumer is the next biggest thing because those two usually can carry the most growth potential i have the most growth potential of anything else my basic fallback plan is utilities which i'm probably going to up that a little bit more because utilities i just feel like they can carry me further utilities and of course real estate gives you a whole pays better dividends but again you have to know the real estate companies that you want to invest in 
and that's why I chose uh, Realty Income Corp. It's always hard for me to say that name. Their name is so hard for me to, to say. I don't know why it's so hard, but it just is. You guys try saying it. Realty Income Corp. It just it just doesn't flow out the tongue that easily. But anyway, the other one that I'm thinking about doing a little bit more on is industrial. So industrial would be any company that kind of makes the product for other prog products to be made. So think 3M. 3M makes a whole bunch of different things, especially right now. They make a lot of the different masks. So 3M, but then on the other side, they also make all the sticky pads that we use. They make all the all the, the cling film that we use, the things that we use to wipe our glasses, the things that we use to wipe our computer screens. They make all kinds of different things. So they're like an underlying industry that basically create things for other industries. So that's one thing that I'll be looking at investing more of. And even in companies like waste management, even in other manufacturing companies, companies that in the long run will always just seem, will seem to always just be around in a sense so that's some of the other things that i'm looking at moving into and then if you go into my transfers and looking at no not transfers let's go research so going into my research some things that are other industries that i'm thinking about investing into but i gotta do my research to know when is a good time for me to go ahead and buy but they are so cheap right now it's so tempting one of the biggest ones that i really want to get into is oil and the energy sector because these companies are so cheap right now. I'm talking about Exxon, I'm talking about Chevron, and I'm talking about Royal Dutch Shell, which are some of the largest uh, oil companies in the world. And I'm just thinking these, first of all, they pay a very good dividend, but also they have a very good balance sheet to be able to survive this whole pandemic that we're going through. And which leads me to the topic, as you guys know, in my Robinhood portfolio, I own Royal Dutch Shell. And you, as you can see, Royal Dutch Shell is not doing so hot right now. The main reason for that is because they announced that they will be cutting cutting their dividend for the first time since World War II. And basically, when you read it, it says that the Anglo-Dutch firm announced that they'll be cutting their dividends from, from 47 cents to 16 cents per share. It posted a net loss of $24 million in the in the first quarter of 2020 in, in the first quarter of 2020 with a profit of six billion in the same period a year ago. So they are bleeding money right now because as we said, we've talked about multiple times, people just aren't going anywhere. Everybody is at home, nobody's traveling, especially international travel, especially plane travel, which was one of the biggest areas that they made most of their money from is literally the gas that planes need to be able to travel. But nobody's flying, nobody's really using gas or going to the gas stations. You've seen it yourself, gas prices are at an all time low. And so Shell had to do something. So they decided that the move they were going to make was cut their dividends. And the CEO of Shell, Ben Van Buren said, the world has seriously changed over the last few months. The global economic decline and uncertain outlook may have significant imp impacts on our profitability, cash flow, and balance sheet, he said. And he added, cutting the dividend will reinforce our resilience, preserve the strength of our balance sheet, and support value creation in the long term. Shell had furiously tried to avoid slashing its dividend, but the coronavirus pandemic had made it crucial for the company to preserve cash. Like I said, they're burning through cash as demand for oil from airlines, factories, and motorists evaporate. It is estimated that Shell will free up $10 billion if their dividend were reduced. So to me, that's a good news. Like as an investor, one of the things you know is I'm looking forward. I'm not just looking at what it is right now, 
So I'm not as mad about Shell cutting their dividend as long as they're not taking out more loans in order to fund like one of two ways that people can play dividends. The way is we're bleeding so much money so we can take loans to keep paying out dividends or we can cut our dividends and ensure that our business is going to have the money to survive. And that's what Shell is doing. A lot of companies are just going to say, nah, we're just going to keep paying out this dividend. We'll take out all kinds of loans, but that's just going to lead to bankruptcy. That's why I'm very careful about what companies I select. This payout ratio is a big deal for me, but for oil companies, it usually is all over the place. Like I said in the past, payout ratio that I usually like to see will go to my favorite company to always mention Microsoft because Microsoft is my baby, <laughs> but payout ratios under 50% is always wonderful. It means there's room for growth. For all corporations, there's not that much room for growth, especially now where we're starting to change our use of energy. However, until we get to the point where we're able to change our energy use, I still think that the oil industry will be a good investment to make, especially to at least get some of those dividends from these companies, especially right now. At one point, Shell was, I mean, if you look at their 52-week high, this doesn't happen. Let's go ahead, Robin Hood. If you look at the 52-week high of Shell, why is this not showing me my the 52-week high? Anyway, the 52-week high, let's go back here. You know what? We're going to look at this again. <laughs> Royal Dust Shell. Let's search that. And let's go to summary. And let's bring up the info. So if you look at the 52-week high, Shell was trading at $67.00 per share but now it's at $30 a share now do I believe Shell is worth only $30 no because everybody still relies on gas it's something that is regularly bought is regularly used we're just going through a, a period right now where everything is at all-time low so I am going to be looking at possibly investing in the oil industry because I just believe that over time this will grow again their balance sheet is going to be fine enough to where you can invest in these companies. And then in the future, I will start cutting back from investing in these companies because I do believe that there's going to come a time where we're not going to be heavily dependent on oil. But until we get there, I'm still going to be investing in these companies. So that's just one industry that I'm looking at possibly investing into. Some other industries I'm looking at is telecommunications because Guess what? We're always on our phone. We always need internet in this day and age. So some of the companies that I'm looking at is AT&T, Verizon, Comcast, T-Mobile. I'm looking at those companies to see, do I want to invest in that? And I'm also looking at transportation companies. So I'm thinking of the airlines because right now airlines are trading at all time lows. Like they just announced their earnings and they are bleeding cash. Like they're bleeding cash so badly because nobody's traveling anywhere. However, I think that in the long run, they're going to recover from this. I don't think airlines are going to be dying off. However, I do think that people are going to travel a lot less in the future, especially business customers. Now that business customers are realizing that, hey, we ain't, we don't necessarily have to meet person to person all the time. We can actually do most of our transactions online. That's going to go down. However, I don't think that, for example, let's go look up Delta and how much it's trading for right now. I don't think Delta is as cheap as $24 a share. I mean, last year it was trading at over $63 a share. So I don't think Delta is that cheap. However, I think it's a good price to buy Delta. But anyway, that's just me and some of the companies that I'm looking at. The reason why I haven't purchased any of these companies is just because I have not done enough research to understand the companies that I'm buying into. It's just like when you want to buy a new laptop, you do all your research before you decide I'm going to put 
a thousand dollars on this computer versus that computer you take your time you do all your research and then you decide on what you want to buy it's the same thing with companies shares is not just about the the money that the stock market is trading for that's not what it's about it's not just about this money like i said multiple times this money is all about sentiment the the value the value thing is all about sentiment what's more important is the actually underlying business which is something that a lot of investors forget about a lot of investors just look at the share trading price and forget about the underlying business a business can have an amazing can look like it's amazing on the outside because everybody is bullish on it and buying into it but underlying it has horrible cash flows it has so much debt to be able to fund the core businesses and so you always have to look at the business itself not just the share price, not just the value price, because that changes way too consistently. But anyway, <laughs> I was gonna talk about my Robinhood portfolio as well. The only move that I made in Robinhood was, let's go to my account, and let's go to account, let's go to history. The only move I really made in Robinhood was I bought another share of Ally, which I'm mad at myself for buying that share of Ally. I am very angry at myself for buying that share of Ally. The main reason I am um, angry about buying that share of Ally is because I bought that share at 17, let's go back. I bought the share of Ally at $17.64. And usually I would do something called, if we go to account, let's go to, let's just go to portfolio. And if you wanna, on Robinhood, there's a feature where you can, let's say I wanted to buy Microsoft. Usually, I won't just straight up buy Microsoft. What I would do is I would do a limit order and I'll say that, hey, if this share price drops below about $16 or something like that, or in Microsoft case, I'll be like, if this share price drops below $150 or $100, buy a share of it and I'll do that order. But what I did was I was looking at Ally. Ally is like one of the companies that I'm bullish on, which I don't know if it's going to it's gonna be like the most amazing thing, but I just believe Ally changed the way the banking industry works and it's gonna keep doing that and pushing forward. Hopefully it can keep doing that. I'm bullish, I'm very bullish on Ally. But as you can see, the very next moment after I pushed the purchase to buy, I was so mad at myself. This is why you should never ever invest with fear in mind or with, oh my gosh, I don't wanna miss out on something in mind. Don't ever invest with that mindset. You win some, you lose some, but always invest. That's why dollar cost save averaging is so important. Being able to average out the way your dollars are being spent over time is so important because I ended up buying Ally so expensive on, what was it? I think it was on Wednesday I bought them. And then on Thursday, all heck fell out of, everything just fell out. Like everything, the whole earth just fell. Everything just didn't make any sense anymore. And then Ally dropped all the way to $15 now. So. I was not very happy about that. I was like, man, why did I rush this thing? I should have just left my limit order that I had on Ally because I set a limit order. As you can see, if I go back to account, account, and go back to history, you see like I canceled the limit by order. Like I had it set and I and then I canceled it, which is just a new move. This is another, just another tip for anybody who's starting out investing. And one way to curb your greediness and to curb your own overexcitement about investing, do limit buy orders. Because what that does is you set a limit and say, if the share drops down to this price, buy it. And that way you remove yourself. Like I talk about it a lot. 
remove your emotions because one of the things that gets in the way of us being able to progress when it comes to investing is emotional buying and selling if you remove the emotion and you let the computer handle the trading that you need to do first of all don't trade but like you let the computer handle the buying and the selling that you need to do on whatever companies and you're doing it automatically it makes it a lot simpler it makes it a lot easier and you don't have to get in your own way to progress which is what happened with me and ally in this one situation but again i'm not really at a whole i'm not really too mad about it because as a whole if we look at the average price that i've paid for ally this is why dollar cost average is so important i have paid 14 dollars 36 now, if I had bought all my shares of Ally on that day when it was 17 trading at $17, I would have been really pissed because the price just went down. But by doing dollar cost averaging, I've only bought Ally at $14.36. That's really good. Four shares that I have of Ally, I bought it really cheap. And you can go through, which we're about to go through my dividend tracking portfolio, and you will see, actually, let's just go ahead and go into that. You will see that for the most part, because of the way that I do my investing, like I said, dollar cost averaging, dollar cost averaging. I'm gonna keep saying it until you guys get it. Dollar cost averaging is the best bet when it comes to investing because you don't have to pay the actual cost of the value that it is. So let's take, for example, this is my dividend tracking uh, Excel document that I have. Like we were talking about Ally, the market price of Ally is was $16.38 as of, I think, sometime this week i think as of yesterday before or yesterday afternoon before this price dropped again after hours so just so you know a little bit of stock market things there's trading during hours which is from nine o'clock to three o'clock and then there's after hours trading which is from three to i believe six o'clock where you can still purchase shares within that window uh but it's it's called after hours trading but because computer systems and all this stuff but anyway so after our after the market closed technically the market is closed it at three o'clock however people still make trades from three to six so and i think you can also do it from i think seven six a.m i think it's from six a.m to six p.m i believe is after hours trading but i'm not really sure on that you can check me on that but anyway let's say i had bought ally at this sixteen dollars and 38 cents the market price it would have cost me $65.52. However, I bought Ally on average for $14.36. So it only cost me $57.44. So overall, I have made a growth of $8.08, .08, which is a 14% growth rate on Ally. Just think about that. Like, otherwise, I would have been spending way more money, $8 more. I mean, people might look at that and be like, oh, $8 is not that much money. It's a lot of money when you start counting it up. I mean, overall, my portfolio is, I have paid into my portfolio $621. That's how much I put my own money in there. But my portfolio has grown $693 in value. In other words, I've made, I've grown, I have a growth rate of $73, which think about that. You could either buy, when the market is at its all-time highs, when it's almost $700 that you're putting in, or you can buy a 620 bucks, which one would you choose? Would you rather spend, it's like when you go shopping and you know a computer, if you just wait, let's say you know that in two weeks time, we're gonna have Black Friday and there's gonna be epic sales on the stuff that you want. Are you going to spend your money before that two week sale comes up? 
No, you're going to wait. You're going to wait and do the same thing. And it's the same thing with the market. If you do dollar cost averaging, you won't have to pay those insane amounts of money. Not really insane, but you won't have to pay expensive for businesses. Rather, you can average out your cost and you can see the long-term growth of it. Another one that I like, like I said, Microsoft is my baby. I bought Microsoft when it was $109 and I've made a 64, 64% growth on Microsoft. You guys wonder why Microsoft is my baby? Because I'm a tech head and I've been following Microsoft for so many years and I saw them start to switch the way they do business and I was like, yo, you know what? Microsoft is the move. That's the move right now. Microsoft stopped doing some of the old stuff, the enterprising stuff. I mean, think about it. In the past, you have to pay for every single thing in Microsoft, but now a lot of their platforms are free because they understood that the money is not just in making people pay for stuff. It's in subscription services one, and it's also in cloud businesses. And that's why I am hyped about Microsoft Azure. It's one of those companies that I am very, very bullish on. I think in the future, Microsoft is going to wipe out Zoom unfortunately for zoom zoom is going to have its clientele it's going to have who it sells but it's not going to be companies zoom is very going to be very very focused on uh starting out businesses uh, really small businesses and individuals is what zoom is going to be very very focused on in the future because i don't think zoom can compete with teams at all neither can slack like those those platforms just can't cons- compete with microsoft but that's just me i'm bullish on microsoft so of course when i look at competitors i laugh however on the other hand I still think that Zoom and Slack have a market share that Microsoft will never be able to penetrate, especially if Zoom can find a way to partner up with another corporation or partner up with Slack or partner up with any of these other companies to ensure that they can keep growing. That's how you survive in the long run. But anyway, that's that's a whole topic for another day. We're going to stop right there. But let's talk about this portfolio that we got going on here. The main thing is if you notice throughout my entire my entire uh, portfolio is, it's cost me this amount of money, but on the other side, I have I have been able to grow and it's been so cheap. And then the other part of the portfolio, the most important part of the portfolio is tracking my dividends every single year. So previously, this dividend for Royal Dutch Shed was $1.88 for the entire year, but as we just found out, they're cutting the dividends to, what was it, 16 cents? They're cutting the dividend down to 16 cents. So 16 times four, that's 48 cents that they'll be paying out to me every uh, every year. So we just do 48 cents there. Boom. Now, instead of making $15, I'm only going to be making $14. Again, I only own 14 shares of companies. As I keep investing more money into this, I'm gonna keep, this number is going to keep going up. It's going to keep going up. It's going to keep going up. You can look at my M1 finance portfolio, which is an even better idea of even better look at the idea of dollar cost averaging because I don't really the only company I have a full share of is in Realty Income Corp. This is why I love partial or fractional shares, man. I literally have fractional shares in so many different companies, but I love it because as you can see throughout the whole thing is I for the most part, I mean I've taken some L's on some companies. I bought Coca-Cola too expensive. I bought uh Next Era a little bit too expensive. I bought uh, Procter and Gamble a little bit too expensive. I bought Southern Company a little bit too expensive, and I bought Walmart a little bit too expensive. But apart from those, what is that? One, two, three, four, five companies out of sixteen companies. I've, I'm winning right now. I'm winning for the most part. I'm doing a pretty decent job with how how much how I'm averaging out for the most part in my N1 finance portfolio. 
I've put in $283 and I've and I've gained $12 from it. Not in actual money. The actual money that I've made out of it is $8. And that's in the dividends that I'm getting paid out from these companies. However, that dividend is getting right back reinvested because what am I going to do with $8 in my pocket? It's getting right back reinvested back into the portfolio to keep buying more companies and keep growing that dividend rate. So that's why I'm so big on dollar cost average. And I think this, this whole thing started out one way and I've just been hampering on dollar cost average. And it is so important to know, to know how to do dollar cost averaging or not how to do it because all it takes is for you to put money into your brokerage and buy the shares that you believe are the cheapest at the point in time. Or you can automate it on M1 Finance and let M1 Finance, I'm still here, uh, let M1 Finance do it for you. It has an automatic invest. In other words, what it does is it will it will do your portfolio and figure out which parts of your portfolio need either more money or not to be invested in for a while. So for example, right now, I'm very heavily weighted in healthcare, so it probably won't put any more money into healthcare for the time being. It will focus more of its efforts on putting money into utilities, into financials, and into industrial so that those can keep growing. But sometimes it's better for me to turn this, and the reason why those are out of weight is because, or overweight or underweight is because I, I was investing in very particular companies because they looked very attractive at the time. And that's also important. Every once in a while, you have to turn off automatic invest, come in here and make investments yourself and pick those, which be very careful when you do that. But like, especially in times like these, when the market is cheap, well, it's not that cheap. I still think the market is overpriced, but even then when things are lower, much lower than they were in the past, especially for particular, again, specific companies, like I was talking about with companies like, uh, travel companies and companies like telecommunication and oil like those companies that are at a cheap time i will turn off automatic investing and i'll do my own investing myself at purchasing the companies that i think are cheap and are good to invest in but that's about all i got for y'all today i hope y'all got one or two things really i hope y'all understood the benefit of dollar cost averaging i hope y'all understood how it can help you in the long run because the less money that you have to put in the more money you can make on the back end of things but let me know do y'all want to see how i put together this spreadsheet for the most part it took me a little bit to figure it out but i figured it out all i had to do was like put in the company the only thing is like excel doesn't pull in the dividend information but i have to put all that stuff in myself but for the most part it's a automatically updating platform i just have to come in here and say hey i now own this amount of shell uh, this amount of shares and i bought it for this average price tell me how much i'm gonna pay get paid the rest of this year so that's that i've been doing that again one thing that is important to note about this portfolio is this annual income is based on the entire year however depending on when you buy into a company that also determines what parts of the year you're going to get paid for so that's why i also have another actual money that i'm going to get paid how much am i going to actually get paid next year and the good news is it's growing because last year i only made two dollars and this year is expected that i'm going to make about 20 bucks so we keep growing that's 20 bucks that i didn't have to work for that's why it's so beautiful like i said I'm, this is focused on me become building a passive income building some kind of passive income where i can sleep and my money is working for me 
where I don't have to do anything. I can be lazy. I don't have to stress my, I don't have to do much of anything. And the money is working for me. That's $20 that I wouldn't have made on the other side that if I was just sitting at home. So that's why I'm doing this and I'm showing, I, and the reason why I'm sharing all this is because I want every single person to know that you can do it too. It doesn't take a whole lot. It doesn't take anything for you to download Robin hood for you to just start investing. However, if you are just starting again, I guarantee you it's much better for you to invest in ETFs than it is for you to invest in anything else. Because when you start investing, you don't know jack diddly about any company, about expense ratios, about PE ratios, about the income statements, about the balance sheet. You don't know none of that stuff. So your best bet is to find a good ETF to invest in. And I keep talking about that. And I got to make a video of some good ETFs that I think are good. As you can see for me, SCHD. DGRO are some of the ETFs that I really, really believe in and some of the ones that I'm going to be spending my money in. And I'm going to be looking at this SCHD a lot because I'm thinking about putting some more money into that one. Thinking about getting some more shares of that one. And so, yeah. But anyway, that's all I have for y'all today. I hope you got one, maybe two things out of this entire podcast. But I'm going to hit you all up on the next one. It's been your boy Kalichi. God bless each and every single one of y'all. Go outside. Explore nature. But stay six feet away from other people. And don't go to crowded places, especially if you're in the state of Georgia. Stay at home. Like, dang. Why everybody moving about? Trying to spread this thing. And wash your dang all hands. Peace.